0: Jimmy Crackhorn and you better care. It's true, it's true. My guest for today is the freaking adorable Olympic gold medalist and WWE Hall of Famer, Kurt Angle. Kurt, thank you so much for coming on here today.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Yes, you know, it's very exciting to have you on. I mean, you have done so much in wrestling that, I mean, you have just been not only an incredible wrestler, but also an iconic character. And you've had so many funny moments throughout history, natural charisma, all of that. Did the comedy side of wrestling always come easy to you?
1: Yeah, I think it did. And I think the, a lot of the reason was I, I was able to make fun of myself because of my accomplishments. Um... You know, in the business, if you get too hokey and too funny and you don't really have a background where, you know, you're typically a badass, um, your character gets weak. And, you know, a lot of writers in WLB will tell you, hey, we need to stay off the funny stuff. Actually, the writers enjoy it. The thing is, uh, for, for business, it's better to have a badass than some idiot that keeps messing up. But having won an Olympic gold medal, I can make an ass out of myself and still be able to make the fans believe I could still do it in the ring. That's pretty much the synopsis.
0: And it's funny because, I mean, there's a difference between being funny with all of your friends and then going out there and doing it in front of millions. (laughs) Like, did you know you always had it in you?
1: No, I, I did very little promo work with WWE. They now they have an excellent program at NXT. Uh, even um, Ohio Valley was great. They had I think FCW in Tampa. So I had the Dory Funk Dojo, and it was a great training facility. But we mainly just learned how to bump, learn how to work. Uh, very very little promo stuff. And I, I literally, you know, jumped into it when Vince wanted me. Vince McMahon wanted me to go. On TV and make my debut. I didn't do five promos. I I didn't even know I was capable of it, and uh, I just had to prove it to him, uh, sink or swim. You know, he gave me an opportunity and said, "Listen, you're either going to sink or you're going to swim. So uh, this is your opportunity." And thank God, I, I didn't do that great at first. Uh, it was you know a little rugged, but uh, I got better every week, and it just kept improving.
0: I mean, there's been so many moments. Was there ever, do you have a specific moment where you remember Vince absolutely loving something that you did that was like specific where you're like, oh, this really pull, pulled out really great?
1: He, he loved all the funny stuff. I, I um, especially when we were doing the uh, pre-tapes and promos with Stone Cold, myself and Vince, um, we, we had a lot of fun and. A lot of it wasn't scripted. It was just we would have an idea of what we wanted to do or say, and Vince would say, listen, and when we do this, nobody in this room laughed because it, it was just, you know, when you, you're doing this all day and, and Vince, you know, the company doesn't have time to, you know, joke around and mess around for a few hours. We, got, we had to get stuff done. So we weren't allowed to laugh until they yelled cut. And uh, it, was, it was a really trying time not to laugh. But everybody stuck together and everybody did it. But when they yelled cut, everybody started laughing. It was, it, was, it was magic. It was a lot of, lot of fun. And you know, Vince and Stone Cold are both great at improvisation. I'm not so great at it. You know, I like scripted stuff, but I can do improvisation. But I, I kind of need to be led. And Vince and Stone Cold did that for me.
0: How long did it take you to get the lyrics down for Sexy Kurt? <laughs> <laughs> I was um, wondering about that. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, it wasn't that hard. The only thing I had to remember is uh, Sexy Kurt. Um, I knew Sean's song, Sean Michael's song, and, you know, I, I talked about ankle lock, angle slam, you know, make you tap out. So it was a pretty easy song, but when it all came together, I didn't think it was that funny, but a lot of people did. I, I thought I looked like an idiot, but, you know, I got a lot of good feedback from it. I'm not sure why to this day.
0: And it's funny, too, because even, like, rewatching it, like, it's not even just, like, the song and the lyric, but it's also the way you move. You did, like, this uh, shoulder thing. I don't know what was happening there, but it was hilarious. I can't
1: dance. I can't dance. I get the best I could. But you know what? That's part of it. You got to let go and just, you know, trust yourself to do the job and know that if you look like an a-hole, it's probably a good thing. And I was a heel at the time, so, um, you know, a lot of fans – like me a lot of them couldn't stand me I, I have a lot of people now that say hey kurt when i was growing up i hated your guts but i appreciate what you did because so many segments were funny and i i hated you because you were such a bad guy and now i appreciate you so it was like wow um I was that good at being a heel. That's great.
0: There you go. That's definitely a compliment. (laughs) That's a very good compliment. And you had one of the best rookie years in pretty much all of wrestling history, winning multiple titles so quickly in WWE, including the WWE Championship within the first year. Did you ever think that you would become so successful so quick in the company?
1: No, but I I was picking up on everything relatively quickly. Um, You know, I had my first match, my third day of training, so... Uh, the, it, it was, it was very rare. Uh, nobody does that, but for some reason I was catching on and learning very quickly and every day I was getting better and better. I just wish I could have been able to train every day. Back then in 1998, 99, you had five days a month at the dojo and that was it. And then you sat at home and, uh, eventually they sent me to Memphis to do some stuff. And, um, that's, uh, and then they sent me on the road to do Ron Smackdown house shows or dark matches and I would do the dark matches before TV and uh, I just learned a lot but you know my my rookie year before I started I wasn't even in the business a year so I was coming up on a year and I debuted and within 10 months I won the world title so I wasn't in the business two years and I was world champion and I still didn't know what I was doing uh, you know when I wrestled the rocket uh, no mercy when I won the title from him He led me through the whole match. So I I was one of those guys that had to learn on the job and I kept improving and I had to let these other guys, Undertaker, Triple H, Stone Cold, The Rock, let them take the lead. Chris Jericho did a phenomenal job with me. So as I was learning, they were leading me and then eventually I became a good leader and I was able to lead the matches.
0: That's incredible, and obviously coming off the Olympics, what were your honest expectations when signing with WWE? I mean, did you ever think you would end up having such an illustrious career?
1: No, I wanted to, but I didn't know how I was going to fare with the with the promos, pre-tapes, uh, the character. I knew what Vince wanted me to do with the whole Olympic gold medal. I mean, actually, he he made me wear twenty five gold medals wow. for my debut, and I. And the funny thing is, I had to do that every week for like I don't know five months. And then, and then one of the um, one of the top executives in the company at the time, his name was Jerry Briscoe. He saw me one day at lunch before the show, and he's like, "Where are your medals?" And I said, "Well, uh, they're in my bag. I'm going to put them on tonight." He said, "No, Vince wants you to carry them around all the time, around your neck what? every day when you wake up." So, so I was wearing them every day wherever I went. Until one day Vince was walking by me and he said, what are you doing with your medals on? And I said, I thought you wanted me to wear them all the time. He said, no, I don't, you know, just wear them for the show. So so basically no. Jerry me and had me wearing that for about three weeks.
0: Oh, that <laughs> was, is a really good rib. I was wearing rib. them at
1: the airport. I was wearing them at the hotel. <laughs> it was horrible.
0: I mean, looking back at it, it doesn't make yeah. sense for you to be wearing them all the time. <laughs> no. So it's almost like in hindsight, you should have known. But at the same time, you know, you're start, you're, you're, starting out. So you're seeing. I was different.
1: new. Yeah, yeah. He got me good. <laughs> he got me good
0: yeah that's a really good one now one of the things we obviously have to talk about are the you suck chants what was your initial reaction to when the fans started chanting it and did you ever think that you would end up loving it so much
1: no i i you know i was surprised i i had a great rookie year and the, the you suck chants started i think my second year and uh they would chant when i came out they would chant and go and uh When I, you know, when I was working a program with Edge uh, for some, well, Edge actually told them to stop saying Angle and start saying, you suck, but the fans actually beat him to it the week before. So he wasn't, I think Edge got the idea because the fans did it the week before, but I always say that Edge is the reason why and I blame it on him because he told the fans to do it. So, uh, but, but you know what, I, I must have been a great heel and uh, it didn't hurt my feelings. I didn't mind doing it, but Vince McMahon wanted me to act like I was upset and angry at the fans for that. So I'd walk out and they would chant it and I would get mad and I'd walk back to the gorilla and, and say, I'm going to do this over again. Don't say it. Of course, they're going to say
0: it. My favorite line out, was... And i and they go louder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My favorite line is when you said something along the lines of your parents, like, "How dare you teach your children to boo an Olympic hero?" Like, it's it was so hilarious. Like, it, it's yeah. so funny. Um, so obviously, you were introduced to the world by WWE, but you also had ten years with Impact Wrestling, TNA. You got to work with a lot of guys that ended up becoming big stars, such as AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Drew McIntyre. What was it like working with guys, uh, er- with these guys early on? In their career
1: well to be honest with you I don't think I would have worked with them if I didn't go to TNA so uh, you know when I left WWE in 2006 I I was burned out I I was having a painkiller problem I was having a lot of injuries Uh, it just I was working 300 days a year and I just wasn't enjoying it anymore and I I had to get out I knew it was for my own good health and um, so I decided to go to a smaller company and do less shows and uh, TNA gave me that ability, and they paid me very well for it. So, uh, you know, I, I had to do what I had to do for health reasons. Um, you know, I loved TNA, the time I spent with them, the matches I had. They were, I actually had a little bit better of a career there than I did WWE. And my career in WWE, the first run was pretty good. You know, I, I, I you know, I would say for four years I was the best wrestler on the roster. So um, you know it, it was hard leaving, but I knew someday I would come back. I didn't know it would take that long, <laughs> but you know I had I had some setbacks, some DUIs, personal stuff um, that uh, I, I had to go to rehab and get myself straight, and then uh, I made my way back to WWE.
0: Did you think that you would ever go back?
1: Yeah, I knew I would go back eventually, wh- whether it be the wrestle. Um, to be an on-camera talent or or the Hall of Fame. I knew my career was well good enough to be a Hall of Famer and I knew that. So um, and I think that you know the WWE also respected my career in TNA and uh, you know they they knew I I had a, an excellent career there too. So they wanted to celebrate my whole career and I I really appreciated that.
0: What hopes did you have for your return to WWE? Like what were some of the things that you wanted to do?
1: Well, it didn't go the way I wanted it to. Um, You know, Vince McMahon had an idea for me. Uh, I think that he was looking at me as a liability, you know, someone that was addicted to painkillers, someone that broke his neck five times. Um, So I think Vince didn't have the same idea I did. I wanted to get a title run when I came back. I actually took a year off after I left TNA. And I wrestled around the world. I did, you know, events in the UK, uh, Europe, Asia, uh, Mexico, uh, Arizona. I did a pay-per-view down there with Ray Mysterio. I wanted to ha- have another title run and, and retire. And uh, Vince McMahon wanted me to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. And I, I told him, well, I'm not done wrestling. He said, that's okay. And I said, well, you know, eventually I, I would like to wrestle. He said, we'll, we'll get there. So after the Hall of Fame that night, after I had my speech, Vince McMahon came to me and said, you're going to be the GM of Raw starting tomorrow. And I was like, well, I still want to wrestle. He said, we'll get you there. So um, I think he did whatever he could to kind of push that off. And when it was time for me to wrestle, I was doing the GM job for a year and a half. I was inactive, not bumping, not wrestling. My body started getting arthritic. My neck tightened up, my back, my knees. Before I knew it, when I got in the ring, I looked like an old man wrestling, And I knew that. So even though the company wanted me to continue to wrestle, uh, you know, I I didn't feel right about it for a couple of reasons. One was I would, you know, I wanted to come back and have the title run. So that that wasn't going to happen. But uh, I also wanted to, um, uh, I guess the word I'm looking for (laughs) is I I lost uh, my, my, uh, thought train of thought here but basically I I wanted to come back and uh and and have a a good way to retire um Vince McMahon told me that I had a program with Baron Corbin and I told him that I wanted to retire at Wrestlemania this past year and he said uh well you're gonna wrestle Baron Corbin because you've had a program with him for the last seven months I said Vince I want to retire uh Baron's a great talent but he's an upcoming talent how about John Cena he said, if you want John Cena next year, you got him. But this year, you get Baron. I was like, Vince, I'm not going next year. I'm done. This is it. And he said, Well, you're stuck with this. So I respected it. I understood why because they, they spent a lot of time building up Baron Corbin. And, you know, we had to have the match. Baron kind of replaced Jason Jordan, the son I had, <laughs> my bastard son in WWE. <laughs> and uh, when he got hurt, Baron stepped in. And so we did the program at WrestleMania. If I wanted to continue for another year, I could have had Cena, but I didn't want to go a whole nother year. I just, I knew I was done.
0: Do you think, how how does that make you feel though? Like knowing that you had your last match, but you didn't necessarily have it with the opponent that you would have necessarily preferred. Uh, Do you have like any, you know, regrets about that or how does that make you feel?
1: There's nothing I can do. I, I, I really believe that um, WWE played it safe with me. And I don't blame that for them for that. I think I think I would have done the same. Uh, but but I, I, when, I, when I came to WWE, I was ready to wrestle. I was in great shape. Uh, my technique was great. My body felt great. But that year and a half, two years sitting out, ugh, that just, you know, when you turn 50 years old, uh, your body is not the same as it was 20 years prior. So, Um, you know, I, I had to deal with that and, and I knew that my career was coming to an end quickly. So I did what I had to do.
0: Right. And I believe it 100% because obviously all of your work and impact was like incredible top notch, like all of your matches, you can say were very highly acclaimed matches and whatnot. So I'm sure that, you know, going into back to WWE, that was probably something that you were definitely expecting. Now, obviously we mentioned the retirement match, but you also had your uh, WrestleMania return when you teamed up with Ronda Rousey Mm -hmm. against Triple H and Stephanie. What was it like teaming up and working with Ronda Rousey, who you can say is somebody that picked up wrestling pretty fast
1: she did an excellent job um the one thing Rhonda didn't do that she could and will do eventually if she does come back she never mastered the 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 business um because she wasn't in it long enough and you know what what she did in that whole year was uncomparable uh she dominated she put on great performances but but we had to we had to uh, set things in stone for Rhonda. We had to tell her, this is what you're going to do there, here, this is what you're going to do there. We had to give her step-by-step instructions and go over with, it with her for multiple days so that she would be ready for the match so she knew everything that was going to go on. Uh, in the business, once you get experience, which Rhonda was, uh, was getting it near the end before she left, um, you learn how to improvise and work on the fly and you you, you come up with 50% of the match and then the other 50%, you just make it up as you go along and you kind of, you know, split it in between all all the different spots you have. Um, Rhonda didn't get an opportunity to learn that. But what she did in her first year, I don't even, I would even say that she had a better first year than Brock Lesnar or myself. So I, I think she did incredibly well but I think the WWE did an incredible job of getting her ready for it.
0: Yeah. And here's the thing is that her being part of the company, I personally think did a lot for the women's division. What do you think it did in terms of the impact of having Ronda Rousey be part of the company?
1: Ronda Rousey wasn't just a, a, you know, a plus for the women. She was a plus for the whole company. Um, Whatever amount she got paid and I'm sure it was a lot she deserved it. Rhonda is a household name. Everybody knows who she is. Everybody loves her. And um, she, she made a big impact in the business and she deserves to have that notoriety because she, she's one of the biggest names we've ever had. You can't deny that. So um, getting her was, was a a joy to have and she was easy to work with. So uh, I love the girl. She, you know, I consider her my sister and she's, she's an awesome talent.
0: And then we also saw you return to NXT as the ref for the pit fight. What are your thoughts on the current product right now? And who are some of the guys that you're a fan of?
1: Oh, I, I, I love Drew McIntyre, uh, Aleister Black, uh, Andrade, uh, you know, some of the talents coming up through NXT. Uh, Matt Riddle is going to do an excellent job. Uh, there are a lot of young talent right now. Um, the Angel Garza. Uh, there, there, there are a lot of ones that are going to step up and really produce. So um, I think that uh, the company is in really good hands. And I, you know, there, there are so many great talent in NXT right now. And I don't want to name all of them, but they're all going to come through up to Raw and SmackDown. And, and the company is well prepared for the next 10 years. So they, they have the best talent in the world. And they're going to continue to train that talent to be the best talent in the
0: world. What are your thoughts on the fact that right now they're not wrestling in front of a, a fan audience? Like, yeah, they have people there, but it's not necessarily an odd a fan audience. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, the NXT crowd, those are, those are the wrestlers that are there. They, they, they help a lot. You need, you need fan reaction in sport, regardless of what sport it is. Sports, sports entertainment, it doesn't matter. You need the fans. You, you watch a baseball game today. Right now it's weird. Um, You know, you you watch a basketball game. I watched the the, the basketball tournament uh, where uh, these guys that are semi-pros, they they competed for a million-dollar prize. It was weird. Um, Watching WWE and any other wrestling company, it's weird right now because there's no crowd reaction. But WWE has done a great job by bringing the NXT talent in there to cheer them on. It's a lot lot better atmosphere than just not having an empty arena. Um, The thing you're going to see from WWE – because of this virus is you're going to start seeing pre-tape matches, matches with stories, uh, what you saw at WrestleMania with uh, Randy Orton and Edge, uh, what you saw at WrestleMania with Cena and The Fiend, Uh, uh, Undertaker and AJ, they did that. You're going to start seeing movie type of matches. And I think the business is starting to coil into that. The problem is the business makes money on putting asses in seats. So they can't go too far with that. They're going to have to go back to the crowds being in the arenas, because that's where they make the revenue.
0: Yeah, exactly. And how do you think it's going to be when you know when crowds can go back again? Do you think we're going to see that boom that we were seeing in wrestling just before COVID hit?
1: I think so. I think the crowd's going to make a huge difference. It, it just sucks that right now that you know all these companies are waiting for that to return. Um, it's, it's been very uh, frustrating uh, and I know firsthand because I worked as a producer at WWE and, you know, being in the meetings, it just really sucks to, you know, not have the fans there. So uh, there's a, there's a, there are a lot of things that we have to do that are different now. So, um, you know, it's going to take a while. I know we got to wait for this, um, you know, uh, the what do you call it to come through the um,
0: vaccine
1: vaccine. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> But it's, you know, it's going to take some time. And uh, I, I really think that the business will boom uh, afterward. I know that the ratings have gone down to an extent, but uh, that's because there's no fans. <laughs> uh, when you watch on TV, it doesn't matter whether it's TV or in person. When you see that crowd and that crowd's reacting, it's a lot more exciting to watch.
0: Yeah, there's definitely nothing like it. So now, Kurt, I do want to go ahead and switch gears because you are doing some awesome stuff now that you're retired. You have your snack brand that is better for you, Snack Physically Fit, and I got to say, I was drooling looking at all of those flavors that you guys have, okay? But before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about Physically Fit?
1: Well, I'm a co-owner of Physically Fit Nutrition, and we came out with a product this year that is called Chicken Snacks, and the other one, of smart organic plant protein snacks. And they're basically little Chex Mix type of uh, texture. They're made from real chicken breast and the plant protein obviously is plant protein. But we made them into a Chex Mix type of texture and we flavor them. So there's, there's honey barbecue, barbecue, sweet barbecue, cinnamon swirl, sour cream and onion. I got a couple of the bags here. This is the plant protein, sour cream and onion. We have cinnamon swirl, the kids love these. These taste like cinnamon toast crunch. It also has pretzel sticks in it. So the kids love those. Um, Those are the big kids favorite. Here's a sweet barbecue. But we've done 11 different flavors and uh, we've had nothing but incredible uh, feedback from them. So we're really excited. We signed a private labeling deal with uh, Amazon. So we're on the move and we're, we're gonna be moving this product pretty quickly. You're gonna see it in a lot of stores. Right now, you can order it online at physicallyfit.com uh, or uh, Amazon is opening up right now, so you can go on there to order as well.
0: Wonderful. So I'm going to go ahead and add all of those links in the description box below. So Thank for you. any of you who saw, those, saw them and your stomach is rumbling, you want to try out all <laughs> the flavors because I, I have my eye on that sour cream and onion bagel pieces and the pizza flavor. <laughs> those my are my son's
1: favorite. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Son six, he loves them. Yeah. They
0: look so good. So I personally great, can't wait to try great. them.
1: <laughs> they're high protein, low carb. They're the only one that's a little bit, you know, has a little bit of sugar in is the kids one, the cinnamon swirl, but it's a good, you know, it's still high in protein, still has 10 grams per serving. And uh, the, the other ones are a lot better for you. I mean uh, uh, the, the one is uh, they're they're about a hundred calories, uh, 10 grams of protein per serving. But uh, I think the cinnamon swirl is 160 calories of 10 grams per.
0: Wonderful. So it's a little,
1: little more sugar on that one for the
0: but kids. It's, it never hurts, okay? It never hurts to have something a little sweet. I love that. All right. Now, I want to go ahead and jump into our lightning round portion. So, Kurt, this is the one where I ask you 10 random questions about yourself, um, some random dorky fun questions that we're all dying to know. Uh, so you can go ahead and answer those. But here we go. Are you guys ready for a lightning round with Kurt Angle? Let's do we're it. We're ready. Question number one, what's your favorite food to eat while on the road?
1: Oh, gosh, my favorite food to eat on the road, I would say it's going to be Cracker Barrel. Um, oh, yes. I love their chicken breast, and it's the only place that I can really get like a semi-healthy meal. So um, I usually stay on my diet pretty good uh, six days a week. So um, that's, one, that's my favorite restaurant to eat.
0: I love that. I love Cracker Barrel. I was planning on going next weekend. So when you said it, I was like, it's a sign. It's a sign. <laughs> Question number two Who was the best person to travel with?
1: I travel with Big Show. And the guy, I travel, let me see, I travel with uh, Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas, Big Show, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton. Uh, Randy was fun. Um, Big Show was great because he drove all the time and he paid for everything. <laughs>
0: So, oh, okay. That's really awesome, actually. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's yeah, the kind of friend we need. Your
1: seat and he took care of everything else. But Big <laughs> Show is my best friend. We we were best friends for, gosh, five years. And we traveled quite a bit. But he he's such a good guy. Like uh, I can't say one bad thing about him. He's a okay. good guy.
0: Amazing. Question number three. What's your favorite flavor of milk?
1: I like strawberry milk believe it or not. Uh, that's my favorite flavor. I, I like chocolate too. But, um, you know, I, I usually, my wife is making me drink almond milk now instead <laughs> of regular milk because it's supposed to be better for me. So I had to step over to the almond, almond department. I actually don't mind, it's not too bad, especially if you mix strawberry and chocolate.
0: <laughs> there you go, add, add a little twist to it. Uh, question number four, what's your favorite game to play with your kids?
1: we play uh let's see i play scrabble with them i play uh uh what's the other one that we do um connect four. Oh, so connect
0: four yes that's a easy challenging game. one
1: anybody can play that
0: <laughs> oh that um, way things can get competitive there
1: well well i never lose i i <laughs> I, I play my nine and seven year old and I haven't lost yet.
0: <laughs> it's the three eyes, Kurt. It's the three eyes. I won't eyes. let them win.
1: They can't beat me.
0: <laughs> uh, question number five. What's your favorite dish to cook?
1: My wife and I like to do. Um, we like to do barbecued spare ribs. Uh, we have we have this incredible smoker we got from Pit Boss, a great company. Pit Boss uh, uh, sent us a smoker and a a griddle, and. Um, so we use those quite a bit, we 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 barbecue quite a bit. So that's my favorite thing to do and it's my favorite thing to eat.
0: Question number six, favorite TV show?
1: Oh my gosh, I'd say The Last Kingdom. Uh, okay. My wife and I got hooked on that big time. Um, we've been watching, Supernatural was a big show for us. Uh, what else was another one? Um, we like the ranch. That's a funny show with Ashton Kutcher. Uh, and uh, the last one is, where are we watching the horror or something? Um, it's uh, it's episodes, uh, the, we just watched the whole season. I forget it horrors? It.
0: Horror? Or is it Amityville Horrors? Horror? Not it Oh, it's the other one. It's the one where they always have like special guests coming in. yes. What, yes. Oh, I know what it is. Oh my gosh, I, I'm blanking on it right now though. <laughs> But I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, Jessica
1: Lang. She did a phenomenal job. She was really good. So uh, we have our favorite shows. That's what my wife and I do at night. We 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 get three hours alone in our bedroom, and we watch we watch TV. That's our special time.
0: You gotta have it. You gotta have it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Question number seven. Where do you keep your gold medals?
1: It's in my safe, and this is where my (laughs) safe is, and I'll tell you why in a second. Let me show. Okay? This is kind of my office here. That's the safe. It's in there. You know nice. what? I'm going to pull it out for you. Um, oh, I'm so
0: excited. Keep, <laughs> we get to see the gold medals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I keep it in my safe because um, my kids have been destroying it. Um, they basically I, I, I let them hold it. and you know they, they end up playing with it and then they start twirling it around and they're holding it they're holding it by they're holding it like this and (laughs) it and then and then my little one let it go and it hit the wall and put a big dent in my gold medal so i got a dent in the gold medal and by the way gold medal is not really gold it's gold plated silver they stopped doing gold in 1968 and uh so this all the gold's rubbing off it's almost silver right now (laughs) so i'm gonna have to get it dipped in gold eventually but I keep it in my safe because my kids will destroy it.
0: You're like guys; it's a gold medal from the Olympics. We don't twirl it around the house. They don't
1: care. They don't care. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. Uh, question number eight: Favorite pizza topping?
1: Um, I'm a. I like chicken. I know that sounds lame. Um, uh, chicken and uh, onions and peppers. That's oh, that's nice. my favorite. Um, my my kids love pepperoni. They all love pepperoni, but I'm not a much of a pepperoni eater. So, yeah, I like the chicken breast. You put that on pizza, I'll eat it.
0: Question number nine. What's the first thing you do when you wake up?
1: Uh, first thing I do is I rehab my body. I get up and I, okay, I brush my teeth first. <laughs> then I make the bed. Believe it or not, I make the bed, and I start doing that uh, when the virus hit. Uh, because my wife makes my kids do it and one day my son who we adopted last year he walked in our room and the bed wasn't made he's like mom why is your bed not made and i, I just made my bed so i gotta teach that little bastard that this bed's gonna be made every day so when i get up i'm usually the last one out, so i make the bed for her so she doesn't have to deal with his crap so um but i i learned how to make a bed i never did this in my life so I, you know i and my wife showed me a speech one day. This general was talking about accomplishing goals, and he said, "You know, when you wake up in the morning, if 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 this is all you accomplish, make your bed. You make your bed. At least you did something that day." And I thought, "Wow, he's right. It's part of a constructive day. So if you start on a positive note, you most likely continue to be positive during the day. If you don't make your bed and you're on a negative note, then your day might end up being negative." So. I took that to heart and I started making a bed every day and I'm actually doing it.
0: That's incredible because I find it one of the most tedious chores to do. I think I rather like (laughs) wash the dishes than make the bed. I know.
1: It seems (laughs) senseless. You know, you're gonna mess it up in eight hours anyway.
0: Exactly. Last question, (laughs) question number 10. What's your favorite way to spend a day off?
1: Well, uh, now or usually.
0: (laughs) Either or, either or.
1: Um, my favorite thing, uh, a day or specific days, um, I like taking my kids places. I like taking them to play, you know, at the trampoline park or to the park or swimming. We're going up there right after this interview. Um, I just like to spend time with my kids. Uh, and entail that that entails of spending time with my wife too. So we spend a lot of time as a family and it's crazy because this last, geez, you know, five, five six months, We've been together every day. You think I'd be sick and tired of them, uh, but I'm not. You know, it's, uh, you know, there are some things my kids do get on my nerves, but uh, for the most part, I love being around them.
0: I love that. It's only natural. It's only natural. We're all bound to get on everyone's nerves, staying at home, especially. (laughs) Oh, I get (laughs) on my
1: wife's nerves all day, every day. I know.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Kurt, I want to thank you so much for doing this interview with me. It has been a dream talking to you as you have always been one of my favorites. Um, So thank you so much. But before we go, where can people find you on social media and anything you want to plug?
1: You can uh, find me at real Kurt Angle. Um, that is uh, on Instagram and Twitter, and I have Real Kurt Angle on uh, Facebook as well. That's a fan page, and I also uh, my my I sell merchandise on KurtAngleBrand.com, which is my website, and don't forget PhysicallyFit.com for your chicken snacks. Get them while they last.
0: (laughs) Get them while they last, guys. Once again, all of the links will be posted in the description box, so feel free to check that out. Kurt, thank you so much for doing this interview. Everyone, thank you so much for watching. Please do not forget to give this video a like. Subscribe to the channel for more interviews. And until next time, we'll see you guys later. Bye, everyone. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please don't forget to leave me a super nice review and a five-star rating. Plus, make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Denise Salcedo for funny wrestling commentary, guest updates, silly live stuff, and more.